I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Bob Chaput, who is founder and former CEO of security and privacy consulting firm Clearwater. Bob is author of a new book, Stop the Cyber Bleeding, which focuses on cybersecurity challenges facing the healthcare sector. So Bob, first of all, congratulations on your new book. What's the significance of the book's title, Stop the Cyber Bleeding? What bleeding are you referring to? So the bleeding I'm referring to is what I'll call the pain, loss, and uh, in some cases harm, direct harm to our patients that they're experiencing as a result of, or I should say really, an unintended consequence of all the digitization of our healthcare industry we've undertaken over the last decade or so. And with this digitization, we've created, frankly, all kinds of new ways to create loss or harm. As an example, we can go back to the data, look at the uh, Office for Civil Rights uh, data breach reporting tool. Millions of records have bled out of the healthcare system, so-called compromises of confidentiality. We all know that millions of records have been locked up with ransomware disrupting our providers and, and hospitals from delivering care, so-called compromises of availability. And, and lastly, I'll say the unknown uh, potential number of cases where important data has been deleted or modified, uh, resulting in lower quality of care. If not, I don't know of the cases yet, death, so-called compromises of integrity. And, and on that point, I'll just say, I opened the book with a chapter called When Something Cyber Happens, and in that I discuss an attack involving a modification of CT scan images and the upshot of that uh, missed a cancer diagnosis, all of which has been demonstrated and documented in research out of Ben-Gurion University. So these are the kinds of things I'm referring to when I speak about cyber bleeding, if you will. So now, Bob, your book focuses on the need for healthcare sector entities to implement an effective enterprise cyber risk management or ECRM program. What's the difference that you see between organizations that have an effective ECRM program and those that have a not so effective cybersecurity risk management program? Well, there are lots of attributes or dimensions I could focus on. Let me let me mention three. Number one, I'll contrast a certain set of organizations who have undertaken a tactical, technical, reactionary, spot-welding approach versus a more strategic and business-oriented and architectural approach to their enterprise cyber risk management program. And, it, and this gets to a fundamental point many of us have been talking about for a long time. This subject matter is really a business risk management issue. If not, by the way, from the perspective of of board members and C-suite executives, a personal risk management issue. It's not an IT problem. And the second point related to this more strategic and business-oriented approach is it's all about aligning your ECRM program, and again, enterprise sector risk management, aligning it with your unique vision, your unique mission, strategy, values, and services. Every organization is different. Number two, I would contrast the successful organizations from the less successful ones by talking about those that take a risk-based approach 
versus those that take a, a checklist-based approach. When one takes a checklist-based approach, organizations end up using someone else's controlled checklist and overspending in many areas and understanding in areas where they really have serious risks or exposures. And finally, number three, the third dimension that contrasts the successful from the unsuccessful, those organizations that take a more programmatic, long view versus a start date, end date, project approach or project view. A CEO of a large Midwest health system asked his chief compliance organization when this, quote, thing would be over when referring to their efforts to undertake a so-called OCR quality risk analysis. And it's not something that's going to be over, especially with the emergence of new threats, new vulnerabilities, new assets that are being deployed into the healthcare environment. Finally, on this third point about taking a more programmatic approach, the digitization of healthcare has been a truly transformational set of events in healthcare. We need to treat ECRM as transformational as well. And therefore, in that regard, in the book, I spend a fair amount of time talking about capabilities like governance and people and process and technology and engagement, all of those important capabilities organizations need to shore up if they're really going to build out a robust ECRM program. So now, Bob, what are some of the top mistakes that you've seen healthcare sector entities make in crafting and deploying an ECRM program, especially lately as perhaps these organizations are aware of these emerging and evolving cyber threats that are facing them, but they haven't been able to adapt to what needs to be done? It's a great question. In addition to some of the items I just mentioned, organizations being more checklist-based approach or organizations looking at it as more tactical, technical matter or being more project versus program approach. I'll cite a couple, three things. Some echo some points I made before. Probably over the span of 10 years, and I codify it in the book, the single biggest mistake that I see is the failure to understand one's own unique risk failing to complete a thorough and accurate enterprise-wide risk assessment. The second thing is C-suite members and board members falling into the trap of believing that it's too technical for us to manage. I remember 25 years ago, dating myself a bit, working with executives who were struggling to manage IT because they thought it was too technical. And look at how prominent and how important and how much of the fabric of everything we do today in every industry IT has become. And so the point here is that as a C-suite executive or a board member, I just encourage, and I do a lot of this in the book, which is tailored toward C-suite executives and board members, to remember that your role is to become an ECRM enabler not necessarily an ECRM expert. As I'm prone to saying, you don't necessarily have to use uh, crypto jacking in a sentence. Third and last mistake, not realizing that there are business benefits associated with a strong proactive ECRM program. And I cover a lot of this in the book as well. I will commit and guarantee 
you'll do a lot better job at M&A activity if you have a strong cyber risk management program in place, whether you're a buyer or a seller. Second point I would make here in terms of business benefit, the big three credit rating agencies, Moody's, Standards & Poor, and Fitch, are all incorporating consideration of cyber risk into their credit ratings. And those organizations, in fact, uh, Equifax, as a result of their mega breach within the last several years, actually had their credit rating reduced, publicly announced and reduced. So you will achieve a lower cost of capital if you have a good, strong program. You'll also, from a business benefit point of view, realize lower insurance premiums and a better overall liability portfolio. The next thing, from a business benefit point of view, is I believe it will enable healthcare entities to better compete with the technology invaders that are rushing into our space now because we are a three-plus trillion dollar industry. And we know who they are. It's Apple and it's Google and it's Amazon, among others, that have the wherewithal to put strong cyber risk management programs in place and now are coming in and offering various and sundry healthcare solutions. And then last but not least, from a business benefit point of view, I don't know certainly of a health system or a hospital or an integrated delivery network that is not concerned about their balance sheet today. And the cost of a significant breach or the cost of a significant, in the case of a patient safety issue, a potential medical malpractice lawsuit, one can take a big hit on one's balance sheet. So those are the, th the three things that I would call biggest mistakes. Number one, again, to summarize, failing to understand your own unique risk. Number two, falling into the trap of believing it's too technical to manage. And then last but not least, really coming to the point of realizing or not realizing that there are business benefits associated with such a program. So now, Bob, based on what you see on the cyber threat landscape today and based on the enterprise cyber risk management posture that you do see at many healthcare sector entities, what are your biggest worries? And most of all, what should these entities be most worried about? I would say, think about it from the perspective of what we've all undertaken as a result of this pandemic. We've seen enormous, and, and this is by way of illustration, to the point I'm going to make, we've seen enormous change occur in the offerings around telehealth, We've seen workforces driven to work from home, both in healthcare entities themselves as well as the supply chain that serves them. We've seen from a care delivery point of view, much greater use of various home monitoring devices. All of this has led to a new set of assets about which to be concerned, information assets, if I may, a new set of attack surfaces that have been created. And as a result of that, we've seen creative dial-up in terms of phishing attacks and ransomware attacks and the like. So the concern that I have, one of my biggest worries is lack of flexibility, lack of adaptability to change along with the way our world is changing. And the pandemic is a perfect example. Organizations that have had and put in place established implemented and paid attention to maturing their enterprise cyber risk management programs have pivoted quickly. They've updated their enterprise-wide risk assessments 
for the new assets and threats and vulnerabilities, and they've implemented very quickly appropriate risk management. The organizations that are out there using checklists have been kind of going crazy, Googling everywhere they possibly can, looking for the next one-size-fits-all list of things to do during a pandemic, like that list exists. It doesn't. So the biggest worry I have is around lack of flexibility and adaptability. So, Bob, as you mentioned, you write in your book that there really isn't a one-size-fits-all ECRM program that works for every healthcare organization because each has unique traits and needs. But with that said, what is your top advice for how the most mature cyber organizations within healthcare organizations can improve their ECRMs? I think this is a great question because it points out that even the ostensibly mature ones have an opportunity to improve. And it really gets to the point that it is about ongoing maturity. The threats I mentioned, whether the phishing attacks, ransomware attacks, other uh, advanced persistent threats are not going away soon. So my advice is several fold. Number one, recognize that you must take the long view And when you think about ECRM, think about establishing it, implementing it, and to the point of your question, maturing it. As you may recall, I'm a huge fan of the overall NIST approach embodied in a huge compendium of readily available and free resources. And I discuss these in the book. In fact, I center my recommendations in terms of building a good and maturing a good program around the NIST approach. Next thing I would say is be sure to treat ECRM as a business risk management issue. It's emerging as a patient safety issue. It's emerging as a potential source of a medical malpractice lawsuit. It's not an IT problem. It's not a compliance problem. It's not simply a legal matter. It's a team sport. And I would encourage and advise that organizations really think about connecting the dots between quality of care and safe care and timely care to the cyber risk. Next, I would say start with alignment. Earlier on, I mentioned every organization has a unique vision and mission and strategy and values. Those things should drive your ECRM program which in turn feeds into your overall enterprise risk management program. Every business is different. Every hospital is different. Every integrated delivery network is different. Assets, threats, vulnerabilities, controls, all of these ingredients that make up risk and cyber risk management are constantly changing. Next, I would say prioritize everything. There's a great quote I use in the book, former National Security Advisor to President Kennedy and President Johnson, George Bundy once observed, if we guard our toothbrushes and diamonds with equal zeal, we'll lose fewer toothbrushes and more diamonds. And that's all about understanding what your critical assets are and understanding what your unique risks are. And I would finally say, humbly if I may, if uh, you're looking for a playbook, please consider my book, Stop the Cyber Bleeding, What Healthcare Executives and Board Members Must Know About Enterprise Cyber Risk Management, among numerous other resources that I provide in the book. Thanks, Bob. I've been speaking to Bob Chaput. 
I'm Marianne Kolbesak-Begee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.